I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. Zero day? Out on the range, it's just the beginning. It's high noon for Tuesday, August 10th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm your moderator. The Substack is I'm your moderator and the merch site is cancelcouture.com. Today is the 202nd day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president. Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, commies. You think you know what you know, but you don't know what you don't know. And the truth is, you also don't know what you think you do know. But hey. Consider today the first day of the rest of your life, because there's all sorts of things that you don't know and that you don't know that you don't know coming out today. Now, I apologize for not putting a show up yesterday. If you follow me on the Telegram, you would have known why I am at the Cyber Symposium in Sioux Falls. And yesterday was a travel day for me, so I was going to try to get something up in the evening, but it just was not happening. I did not get taken down off any platforms. There is absolutely nothing wrong. I just ran out of time. I wasn't sure on Friday if I was definitely coming. I thought that I was, but I hadn't gotten 100% confirmation. That came through on Sunday, and here I am. Now, as this evidence at the Cyber Symposium comes out, hopefully a lot of it will reach the mainstream, at least by the time Thursday concludes. And all of the people out there who are starting to realize that everything they believed about politics, about Joe Biden, about Andrew Cuomo, about the media, about all of it, just simply is not true. And people are waking up to that every day. And for those people, I say, hey, great. Welcome back to reality. If you're coming on back, that makes you a redeemable communist. And with that, I'd love to extend a warm Tuesday, high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, commies. Isn't reality great? So I'm just going to jump right into it. I was on the way in this morning able to thank Sonny Borelli and Wendy Rogers, both senators from Arizona, for their hard work that they've been putting in to get the Arizona audit completed and to let the public know about what's going on. And 
about what the situation really is in our country right now. And they are just doing a hell of a job. I also got to uh, shake hands with Phil Waldron. And that guy is just awesome. As far as the Cyber Symposium goes, the day began in fits and starts as the program was kind of supposed to start at 9 a.m. At that point, Lindell came out and let the audience know that they had been under cyber attacks all morning to make sure that things weren't able to go out on Frank's speech and on Lindell TV. But they had backups and backups for the backups and backups for the backups backups. So they were all the way down to their fourth option. But by that point, when they started, they were a go. And mainstream media has been writing about that all day. Lindell calls them out every single time another one of their stupid articles comes up. And their articles are very stupid. They are saying things like, Lindell claims it was a hack. The cyber symposium has not started. And I think that what they're going for is like, they say they have tech experts, but they can't even get their thing on TV. And they just assume that all the commies are going to believe that Lindell is just making it up, that they're not experiencing cyber attacks. Well, they are, and they have been for months. We remember this back when he first launched Frank's speech. So anyway, they got the program started probably uh, 45 minutes late. Lindell started the whole thing with an extended speech, as he usually does. He goes and goes. There's no doubt about it. Uh, He's got a lot to say. And I think that today was kind of the culmination of months and months of stress and anxiety and attacks. Not that they've stopped. It's just that now Lindell is kind of at the point where it seems like he's going to be able to be a little more hands off than he was before. One thing that's very clear is that he really has a bone to pick with the media. And right now he is on the warpath and just putting it all right in their faces. Every time a new article comes out, he just blasts them. And it's actually really entertaining in the room. Everybody is kind of just laughing and enjoying it. So Lindell finished with his opening remarks, many of which were about the media and about the cyber attacks. And then Brandon House led the room in the Pledge of Allegiance and the National Anthem. And then shortly after that, the big video began. And it was narrated by Phil Waldron, Colonel Phil Waldron, who is, I take it, the leader of Mike Lindell's red team, who's kind of heading up all of the compilation of the cyber data and how they're going to operate moving forward with that data. I hope you all have seen the video. If you have not, you can find one version of it on my Telegram channel. And I think that they showed it on the War Room this morning. There's probably clips from OAN or... Right Side Broadcasting Network. Try to find a good version so you can watch it properly and share it properly. But it was pretty awesome. He goes very in-depth into what happened in the election and, to some extent, who's responsible for it. 
that the attack came in from China, but it wasn't simply China. There were actors in our country involved in the theft of the 2020 election, and he also focused in on George Soros, which is awesome. If you've been listening to the show for a long time, you will know that sporadically every couple of months, I end up talking about George Soros and sharing the interview that he did on 60 Minutes many years ago. It looks like it's probably from the 90s or early 2000s. But Soros talked about his experience escaping, I guess we could say, the Nazis and how he basically was responsible for lying about who his family was, lying about his religion, and then participating in turning in his neighbors, turning them over to the Nazis. And I've talked about this a bunch of times because I think it's important to understand who some of the people we deal with in our everyday lives actually are. I talked about this last week with that guy Tim Wise's terrible article about how he thinks that people who are unvaccinated should be eliminated from society. And honestly, maybe the earth. He probably didn't go so far as to say it, but he still means it. The guy is just disgusting. Obviously, I talked about that in full. So if you want to know my opinion about that, go back and listen to it. But the fact is that there are people in our society, in our media, and probably in our social circles who think that everyone who disagrees with them should be removed from society. That's where the censorship comes from. That's where ratting out your neighbors comes from. Even the FBI is encouraging this at this point. And certainly the Democrat Communist Party is encouraging it. This stuff is really terrible, but ultimately this is who George Soros is. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people haven't seen that uh, interview before. A lot of people's impression of George Soros, if you are someone who primarily gets their information from the central narrative, they think that George Soros is an unfairly maligned uh, billionaire philanthropist who is just trying to fix the world. You know, he's trying to create equality. He's trying to solve climate change. All of this nonsense that leftists talk about, it is all just the taking of power from the people to put it in the hands of very few who can then rule over everyone and control their lives. And if they step out of line, well, there are punishments. You can be removed from society. You can have your privileges taken away. Privileges like going to the grocery store or going to the gym or your child being able to go to school. They want everything to be about compliance and submission. You must do what they say or else you're not allowed to participate in society. There's only one society and it's the one they create. You get to participate if you obey, if you comply, if you submit. That is not what America is about. America is specifically about not that. It's about individual freedom and choice. These people seek to take that away. It is terrible. So I'm really happy that whoever made that video, it, I'm sure Phil Waldron had a lot of input into it, but I'm glad that they actually put that out there because it's important 
that people see who George Soros actually is. And it's important that people understand that there is a direct connection between George Soros and the Clintons, between George Soros and Obama, between George Soros and all of these left wing organizations in America that are trying to control our culture and control our politics through the culture. And the video mentions Soros owns politicians. He owns the election companies. He owns the election judges. He owns the attorney generals and the secretaries of state and the governors and the sheriffs. On all levels, George Soros and the CCP have the centers of power, especially on the left, but also the uniparty centers of power under their control. That's how our country gets to this place where we have the cultural powers, the media, the entertainment industry, all suggesting that Americans need to inject themselves with an experimental gene therapy that we know does not stop a disease that already cannot kill you unless you fit a very specific demographic. This is where we are now, and this is where these people want to keep us. They don't want to go back to normal life, and they have no hesitation in saying it. They say, oh, there's going to be a new normal. That old normal, that just didn't work. That hurt people. That created inequality. That is killing the environment. It's strange, isn't it, that all of the problems in the world have the exact same solution? It's strange that all of the problems in the world are caused by climate change or racism or sexism or homophobia. And the people saying that are the Democrats that vote for a man who is mentored by a Klansman. They call themselves Cuomo-sexuals and think that Andrew Cuomo is the greatest man to ever exist. They give him an Emmy. And then they eject him under the auspices of Me Too, even though one of the founders of Time's Up was helping him slander his accusers. These people are liars and frauds. They use certain reasoning to appeal to people's emotions. Well, hey, no one wants to see the planet die, whatever that means. So do what we say. Well, do what we say or we're going to call you a racist. Do what we say or we're going to call you a science denier. Do what we say or we're going to make sure you can't work anymore. That's where we are. That's what these people give us. This isn't a new thing in the world. If you know history, you'll know this has happened before. We used to know what to call this. Now we pretend it's something else because the media covers for it. And this is a big theme of the cyber symposium today. Lindell came back to it quite a lot. David Clements talked about it and Eduardo Bolsonaro talked about it in a very compelling speech. He is the third son of Jair Bolsonaro, who is the president of Brazil and the media, the same fake news media that has slandered Trump and his supporters for years is doing the same thing to 
uh, Bolsonaro and his supporters, and they're doing the same thing to Viktor Orban in Hungary. And if you were paying attention to Tucker Carlson last week, he was over in Hungary and had a long interview with Orban. And the thing is, the dominant global communist power does not want nationalists anywhere. He does not want these people fighting for the strength of their nation and the good of the people of that nation. That is antithetical to their plan. It is not what they want, which is why they do this to all of the people, all of the world leaders who want to represent their people. And the people are rising up all around the world. One of the really interesting parts of Bolsonaro's presentation was this montage of clips, this massive motorcycle rally, like motorcycle parade, I guess you could call it. I don't know what the right word is. It's very similar to the boat parades that Trump supporters did or that 96 mile long car parade through Arizona last fall. It is a physical visual symbol of how much support the candidate actually has. And you compare that to Biden's little circles on the lawn and you know what the truth is. There is no way in the world that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. That, my friends, is impossible. But back to the Phil Waldron video, I'm going to call it that. I hope that you all will know what I mean. It was kind of the introductory video to the cyber symposium. I don't know if in some way this is what Lindell used to talk about when he was planning on putting out a video called Absolute Compromise. I kind of think that some of this footage might have been from that. But this was a very uh, well-produced 20-minute or so video. And that's important because... It appeals to people in a different way than absolute proof and absolute interference, where it was basically Lindell interviewing someone. A lot of people just cannot hear Mike Lindell. And I talked about that at length in the article I wrote a couple of weeks ago called Mike Lindell versus the Party of False Decorum. You can find that on the Substack. I'm your moderator.substack.com. This is a different kind of thing. This is more what people are used to seeing. Very glossy production, a narrative quality to it, and a lot of facts presented in a way that can really have an impact. So I think that this is a really effective piece of content. I think that redeemable communists will be able to get their way through this and actually learn some stuff. That Soros clip is going to be damning. Because they've probably defended George Soros before, and they've probably done it the way the media has told them to, by repeating the notion that anyone who says anything bad about George Soros is an anti-Semite. And that is crazy. That is a crazy thing to say. It is insane to call criticism of a man who helped the Nazis find Jews to load onto the train an anti-Semite, right? That just does not make sense. George Soros helped the Nazis and admits it on video to 60 Minutes. It's not a conspiracy theory. If he says it, is it commies? 
If it is, you got to tell me how. It's a conspiracy theory because you don't like how it sounds. I mean, that is basically the definition of conspiracy theory at this point. It's anything that the media or some communists don't like. Ah, you know, I really don't like how I feel about the thing you're saying. And I'm pretty sure that makes it a conspiracy theory. No, commies, that's not how it works. Nobody believes you when you say it. Okay, you sound crazy, honestly. But as this is all coming out this morning, all of a sudden, we get massive news story, massive news story, massive news story. They want everybody's eyes off the cyber symposium and the mainstream media is afraid to even allow people the possibility that they might see it. So what do they do, right? They're going to fill up everybody's social media feeds with a bunch of bullshit. And what do they try? Well... They have the ridiculous infrastructure bill that passes and they got to cover that because what a big story that is. They have to talk about how, oh, these are the first steps toward the Green New Deal. And these are some real effective steps toward solving climate change. But who's going to sign it? The fake president? Then they try to propose that there is a school shooting and an active shooter in Tennessee. Here it is. This morning, as the symposium was finally getting going, the Associated Press tweets, police have responded to a high school in East Tennessee for what school officials called an emergency situation. WVLT in Knoxville is reporting that multiple ambulances responded and several patients were taken to hospitals. But here's ABC News hours later. Students at a Tennessee high school were evacuated Tuesday on the second day of classes for the year and bused to a local armory after a 911 caller claimed to be a gunman in the building, which authorities later said they believed was a hoax. Hawkins County Sheriff Ronnie Lawson said the call came in around 8 a.m., prompting a major response at Volunteer High School in Churchill from area law enforcement agencies that turned up no suspect and saw no shooting injuries. Well, how is that? Multiple fake news outlets put out that there was an active shooter at the high school. The Associated Press claimed that there were ambulances there and that several patients had been taken to the hospital. And you might say, well, wait a second. The Associated Press was just reporting what someone else said. Really? The Associated Press doesn't check now? What do they do? if not figure out whether or not events happened. What is the purpose of the news anymore? What happened to who, what, when, where, and how? Those don't matter anymore. We never get told about that. We never get told what happened. We get told, hey, this is what this event means, and this is how you should think of it. That's what the news does now. That's not news. And it just so happens that the story of the school shooting goes out right when the cyber symposium starts. But that's not all. Andrew Cuomo also stepped down today. Now, I said last week or whenever that was that he really got into the the new hot water that I didn't think anything was going to happen. Apparently it did. Apparently he resigned. I mean, 
I guess that's good. But it's not good if he gets let off the hook after this. Because, you know, groping and making inappropriate comments and trying to kiss women is creepy and perhaps criminal. But it's nothing, sorry, me too's, compared to putting sick people into nursing homes and killing people's elderly relatives. Those are not even on the same planet, honestly. And any hashtaggers out there pretending that they are, are going to have to explain how the Time's Up founder was participating in slandering Cuomo's victims. And of course, this is all the mainstream media is talking about today. Oh, the governor of New York. Look how he has fallen. So that's three distractions, but that actually wasn't enough going on just at the beginning of the cyber symposium. Because Dominion also decided to go out and sue OAN, Real America's Voice, and Patrick Byrne. And that was all announced in real time today as well at the Cyber Symposium. Do you think that the timing is a mere coincidence? Oh, Dominion's been planning this lawsuit for a very long time. It just so happened to come up this morning. Give me a break. This is just nonsense we are being shown just a a fictional version of reality all the time by the people that our culture is telling us to trust all of these events are just distractions they want to fill up the 24-hour news cycle and they want to fill up your social media feeds so that no one has any reason to go look anywhere else Someone you follow is posting about the cyber symposium. Well, that's going to get buried in about 10 seconds with all of the Cuomo posts and all of the infrastructure posts and all of the fake school shooting posts and all of the Dominion sues right wing news organization posts. Why are they suing those news organizations? Well, because they're they're putting out the cyber symposium. Channels were being attacked left and right today. Feeds were being cut down. Coincidence? Of course not. But they're also at the same time trying to imply that Lindell was making up the cyber attacks on those very same feeds? Is everybody insane? Who could possibly believe this? Child-brained communists have to be waking up at this point, and I hope they are. So around midday, Dr. Douglas Frank gave his presentation and his work was presented in the Lindell documentary. So a lot of people are already familiar with that. Basically the idea is that state by state and County by County within those States, they use the 2010 census data and the population projections on that exactly to create an algorithm that would be operational in each state to create the fraudulent vote that would end up being manipulated by the machines. And the same algorithm was used in every county of the state, and that same process was repeated in every state in the nation. Again, they have PCAP data from 50 states, over 3,000 counties and parishes around the country. And the thing you have to keep in mind, this is something people don't, apparently talk about very often, but 
Lindell's cyber team, their PCAP data, what they were able to read from that data matches what Dr. Frank was able to derive on his own. He discovered what was going on in each state because he had been analyzing the 2010 census data for a calculus class that he was teaching. He discovered this because of work he was already doing before the election. He was familiar with that data already, and he was able to find how it matched. That's not a coincidence, okay? Elections are fraudulent, not just this one either. And one of the things that they haven't really brought up in the cyber symposium that I hope they will bring up, and if they don't, I'll bring it up when it comes to a question and answer period. But they haven't talked much about how affected the down ballot races are by these algorithms and by the machine fraud, everything that's happening at the top line. You know, the media focuses only on the Trump and Biden factor. And I think it's actually the responsibility of everyone else to say, hey, this is not just about Trump and Biden. This election wasn't just stolen from Donald Trump. It was stolen from candidates up and down the ballots. And ballot measures, actual laws were stolen in the same way. It's not by mistake. And it doesn't just affect the bad orange man. So then Patrick Kolbeck, who is a former state senator from Michigan and a cyber guy, talked about how the election machines all around the country are connected to the Internet. The idea that they're not and that anyone actually believes that is just another one of those insane media narratives that you almost can't believe they'll even say, because so many Democratic politicians over the years have said the exact same things. They've all made the arguments that everyone on our side makes, and now they're pretending that they just never did, and they get away with it only because of the complicit media. The media is what allows serious people to actually repeat these things as if they're substantial claims, but they're not substantial at all. It's nuts. So Eduardo Bolsonaro talked after that, and I kind of gave you a rough sketch of that. Obviously, all this stuff is available online. You'll find it on OAN. You'll find it on Real America's Voice. Find it on Right Side Broadcasting Network. And a lot of people on Telegram have been posting this stuff. I've posted some videos from the event, but I don't have the time, obviously, as the thing is happening in front of me to go through and find the clips as I normally would if I was doing this from home. So I'm going to leave it to you guys to find this stuff in the best possible forms and then share it, right? Find the most effective stuff you can find and then share it with the people who are going to be open to listening to it. So after that point, Lindell has in the back of the main room a few computers with the results from the election that were certified by corrupt politicians around the nation, and then the results after the machine fraud was eliminated. Every difference shown in the PCAP data and in the work Dr. Frank has done is reflected in these new vote totals. And 
The thing is, there are plenty of states that have flipped. Uh, New Hampshire, Minnesota, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Arizona, Nevada. All of those were won by Donald Trump just when you take out the machine fraud. And that puts Donald Trump at 325 and Biden at 213. So that's a bigger electoral college win than Donald Trump had in 2016. And of course, 2016 had rampant election fraud as well. We just don't know yet what any of those results were and which states would have been flipped. The other thing is, when you look at this data, there are a bunch of states that did not flip either direction in terms of the presidential vote, in terms of the result at least, but you can still see hundreds of thousands of votes flipped in states like Texas and California and New Jersey and Washington and Oregon and Virginia. I was able to look through all of these different states. They have the results for all 50. If you're watching on television or, I mean, obviously streaming on the Internet, you've only seen the results of the states Lindell has brought up on the big screen. And I think he's gone through five or six at this point, but they have all 50 accessible. I put up, I don't know, 10 or 12 on the telegram feed, but there's like a million vote difference in California and like 800,000 votes in Texas, just hundreds of thousands. When you get into the totals, we're talking millions and millions of votes that were switched through machine fraud. And again, that's going to affect a bunch of those down ballot races as well. There were a million votes switched in Florida, and that's one of the states we're supposed to pretend nothing went wrong. Same thing with Ohio. I don't know if it's a million. I think it's less than that. But that's still rampant election fraud. Again, 50 states, 3,000 counties and parishes, over 3,000 around the country. The scale of this is massive. And it's not just about the presidential election. And by the way, I hadn't checked out Nebraska, but I think Lindell actually just put it up. And they, the Democrat Communist Party stole one electoral college vote out of Nebraska. Turns out they got zero. So they robbed the election there, too. And now, obviously, I'm kind of doing these podcasts as I can in the midst of of what's going on at the cyber symposium. So I am going to cut this short and head back over there for the 7 p.m. announcement. Now, I don't know what this announcement is going to be. I don't have any hints on it whatsoever. I can tell you what I surmise from what I know. What I know is that Lindell says this is world-changing news, all right? One of the biggest stories of all time is how he's describing it. Now, Lindell has his way of going over the top about some of these things, but maybe he's right, and I would like to find out. At the same time, Code Monkey Z, Ron Watkins, has been talking for a week about putting out news of the same stature. He said this is going to be one of the biggest stories in a decade or maybe more. These two things are happening concurrently. Code Monkey Z is talking about this announcement. He is prepping people to be ready to download a torrent file, 
with a magnet link, which means you need a torrent client like Transmission, for instance. And you should use a VPN, obviously, when using a torrent client. I'm wondering if the big announcement and what CodeMonkey Z is referring to is the drop of all the PCAP data so that everyone around the world can just take this data for themselves and analyze it for themselves. The cyber experts have been in the building all day. At this point, no one has won the $5 million by refuting what Lindell's saying. And I don't think we're going to see that, obviously. I don't know what the cyber experts there have been working on, so I can't tell you if they're on the path to refuting it or not. Simply don't know. What I do know is that this is going to be a very exciting day. So I'm sorry for missing the episode yesterday. I plan on putting one out tomorrow and Thursday. Friday is going to be up in the air because that is going to be another travel day for me. And if I'm not able to do one on Friday, then I'm going to try to get one out this weekend. So bear with me. Sorry about the inconsistent schedule. But everybody, go to my Telegram feed or go to one of those uh, networks, OAN, Real America's Voice, uh, Right Side. Get the content and share the content, okay? That's the only job. I've said this a million times. The only job is putting the truth in front of people who don't yet believe it, all right? This is a great week for us. A lot of good things are happening, and they're going to lead to a lot more good things. So, I'll be back tomorrow at some reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic, and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting, or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain.
as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!